Well, good morning, Burlington Baptist Church. Man, I tell you what, it's been an interesting week, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Huh? Yes, it has, right. But God is faithful. He's been there with us through all of it. Amen? Amen. I uh, want to continue the, uh, the uh, message that we've been talking about, that we're better together, but uh, we've got two more left. And today I want to talk to you about reaching out to others. Uh, last week I asked you to write down for a moment, to pause and write down what you thought your purpose in life was. And, uh, you know, we were made for mission as human beings. That is, our, that is our purpose of life, is to serve God. Our scripture today comes from Philippians, and uh, Philippians 1.27 is the scripture. Now, last week I was in Philippians a little bit, and I want to continue reading this. Here's what it says, and this is Paul writing to the church at Philippi. And he says, Live as citizens who reflect the good news about Christ. Well, we can stop right there. That's a pretty good message right there, isn't it? Live as citizens who reflect the good news about Christ. But there's more. He says, then, whether I come to see you or whether I stay away, I'll hear all about you. I'll hear that you are firmly united in spirit, united in fighting for the faith that the good news brings. I want to pray as well. Pray with me. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the privilege that I have to stand here. And, Lord, I just ask you to be with me. I pray, God, you give me the words to speak, and I pray your Holy Spirit would speak to each one of us as we uh, stay here together and worship in this time. So may we honor and glorify you in everything that we do. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're talking about reaching out to others. Back in the 90s, uh, I have two daughters, as I've mentioned before, and we used to watch this movie. And it was called With Honors. I don't know if any of you have ever seen this movie or not, but it was With Honors. And what the movie is about, there was a guy that went to Harvard University, and his name was Monty. He's the character. Monty had written this paper, and he was almost guaranteed to, uh, to graduate with honors. So it was, you know, he was one of those guys just destined to do well. And so he wrote this paper, this thesis that he was, st- and he'd worked hard and he'd put this thing together, you know, big, thick thing. And those of you who've been to college know what that's like when you write something. And so he's on his way over to the library to make a copy of this paper on the campus of Harvard University. And he's walking like this with his paper and there's snow on the ground and he hangs his foot in a pipe and he trips and the paper flies out of his hand and it falls into a grate goes down in the basement of a building. And he's standing there, and it's the only copy he had. Anybody ever have a computer crash? Kind of that feeling, you know, that sick, like, oh, no, what am I going to do? Spent all this time on this paper. Well, the story goes on in this movie that he goes down in this basement, finally gets through all the locked doors, and he goes down there, and he's meandering around, and he looks up, and he sees where the paper came through the hole, but the paper's not there, and there's multiple pages. He walks around the corner, and there's this guy sitting there, and they got this stove with the door open, and this guy's taking his paper and throwing it in there and making a fire. And that character, I forgot his name, but it was Joe Pesci, the actor Joe Pesci, and, he, uh, and you know how he is. And so he's like, I want my paper, and he's like, well, you want your paper? You're going to give me a meal, and I'll give you a page. This guy was homeless, and he lived in the bottom of the library in the basement. So you have a Harvard person that's got his paper, and you have this homeless guy down in the, in the basement. And the story goes on, and if you watch the whole movie, it, it's interesting because you have two people for a moment in time from completely different walks of life who kind of come together, and they become friends. And it's, a, it's a kind of an interesting story because they were reaching out to each other in this situation. 
So as Christians, I believe that we are on a mission and we should be reaching out to people as well. Amen? Amen. We run into people in our lives that are not just like us, don't have the same interests that we have, don't look like we look, but yet as Christians, we're supposed to reach out. Why? Because God loved the whole world. Amen? So who do we share Christ with? Who have you shared Christ with this past week? We have co-workers, we have family members, we have relatives. We're to show Christ's love to everybody, to people that we come in contact with. How do we do that? Why do we do that? Well, because he loves everybody is one of the reasons. He has a purpose for every life. Think about that. There's 500 people of us sitting here today. Every one of you sitting in this building today, God has a purpose for your life. Take it personal. It is. He created you, and you have a specific purpose. I wish you could stand up here and look at the crowd. It's interesting. You think about all these faces and the purposes that God has given you. Man, that's a beautiful thing if you think about it. And part of that is obviously sharing the love of Jesus. So how do I share my faith, you may say? How do we partnership with each other and spread the gospel? It takes all of us, as I've said before. We see example of example in the Bible of how people shared their faith. And I want to talk about a few of those things today. The first thing that we should do in sharing our faith is pray. When I was in college, I was 21 years old, ministry major. You know what they did to me? They made me go to a hospital and made me a chaplain. Yeah. Now, here I am, 21 years old, the germaphobe, in a hospital as a chaplain. I thought, what am I going to say? What am I going to... And see, when you're a chaplain in the hospital, you have people who basically have no church affiliation. I mean, you'll run into some that will invite you into the room, but basically what we were doing was visiting folks that had no... And you know what? Some of them just don't like us Christians. And I would pray in the mornings when I would go, Lord, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? And I'd read the scripture, and you know what? God always gave the words to say. Gave me opportunities to share with people, to see people's lives changed for the purpose of the gospel. And he'll do that with you as well. But we have to pray. We have to ask. The first thing that I think we have to do, though, and when we're reaching out to people, is we need to find a common ground. When we have something in common with people, we can establish a relationship, something that we can relate and talk about. What is your interest in life? You ever go in to talk to somebody and, and all of a sudden you stir up a conversation? I, uh, those of you who know me, you know I love motorcycles. That's one of the things that I love. I mean, you, you want to set me down, get me off track, just say something about a Harley Davidson and I'll talk for an hour. But the other thing that I really, really love is music and I love the piano. And when I was a young man, you may not believe this, I started out working in a body shop repair. And the guy that ran this body shop, he didn't go to church. And I was a young guy, and I was thinking, you know, I should probably witness to him. And lo and behold, I don't know why this was in there, there was a piano in this body shop in the office. So I went in there one day during a lunch break. He didn't know it, and I sat down, and I started playing. And he, he came in there, and he said, man, I didn't know you could play the piano. And I said, well, you know, I play a little. And I said, what kind of music do you like? He said, man, I love Jerry Lee Lewis. His ears perked up, and he leaned in there, you know, I'm thinking, a whole lot of shaking going on, man, I was playing it, we were getting it, you know? And then I flipped over to Rock of Ages. 
And then I said, yeah, go back over to that other stuff. And I'd play a little bit, and then we'd back and forth. And we developed a friendship because I had a job. But more than that, we developed this relationship because there was this musical interest, commonality. So he invited me to come to his house. I went over to his house, and he had like nine kids. And it was a two-story farmhouse. Now, remember, this gentleman didn't go to church. wasn't a person of faith. We were breaking barriers down. We'd found something in common. And I remember walking over to the house. This is a true story. And I walked, I pulled up in the driveway. It was a country farmhouse, and the windows were up. And I could hear Jerry Lee Lewis record playing, and the piano was rattling through the windows. I went up, and I knocked on the door. And one of them little kids come up and said, Hide the beer, the preacher's here. took them 10 minutes to get to the door. I stood out there and waited, you know, and, and, and finally we went in. And, and, and the, the whole point of this story is to tell you this. I didn't go in there to judge him. I didn't go in there to, to cast my beliefs on him. I went in there to share Jesus with him. And what started out as a common interest of us liking music developed into a friendship. I invited him to church. It didn't happen overnight, but we continued to talk about the Lord. We continued to talk about music. I continued to learn Jerry Lee Lewis songs so I could go over there and show him those songs. And then I'd slide a gospel song in. And I said, will you come to church with me? Oh, Lord, he said, if I go over there. And I mean, he was a rounder. There ain't no doubt about it. He was a rounder. He said, if I go over there, the ceiling will fall in on that place. We've all heard that, right? He said, man, you don't know where I've been. I'm going to tell you something right now. There's not one thing that you've done that Jesus hasn't already died for. And he loves you. And we shared the gospel about that common ground. And one Sunday morning, I was up there playing the piano. His wife started coming and bringing the children. Coming to church. Here they'd come. Man, it looked like a, a little flock of geese. Here they'd come, all them kids and that little lady. And he wouldn't come to church with her. One Sunday morning, we was up there, and we were singing and, I, and, and leading a song, you know, and I was playing the piano, and they were singing. I looked up, and he walked through that door. And I'm telling you, I almost made this Baptist shout. It didn't happen right away, but it wasn't too long. He gave his heart to the Lord. Our youth group doubled right out of the gate because all in. <laughs> Two years ago, I got a phone call late in the evening. And they said, you need to come to this particular nursing home. Such and such, it was him, is in a coma. And he's not going to make it. I went over there, and I sat beside his bed. And I reminisced about all those times that we started out in a body shop with a piano in an office, and all the miles and all the years, and these children were gathered around. And what was taking place there that evening as those kids prayed. And I thought, you know, it's amazing his testimony was passed on, and we shared at his funeral. And there was a guy that was at the funeral. He came to me. He said, aren't you the guy? He said, you used to have hair, didn't you? <laughs> Thanks for noticing. He said, you know, I, when, he, when he gave his heart to the Lord, he said, I didn't think it would stick. I didn't think it was real. He said, he was, man, he said he was, he was wild. He was, you know. And he said, his life changed, and I saw it. I saw it for 35 years. I saw him walk with Jesus. I want to tell you something, friends. Jesus will make a difference in your life. You may think it won't, but it will. And it starts off with relationships. And that's how we share. It's how they shared it in the gospel. This isn't something new. This isn't rocket science. There's not a secret formula. It's sharing together what Christ has done in our lives. The second thing that we need to do is we need to reach out in love. Why? Because we're supposed to love each other. 
You know, people really don't care what you think or what you know until they know you love them. Would you agree with that? Why do we reach out to the community? Some people say, why don't we just focus about us, you know? Not in this church, of course not. But in some churches, from time to time, you find people that want to be inward reaching. They don't want to reach out. We like what we have here. Well, listen, folks, this isn't, it's not a country club kind of thing where we just keep it to ourselves. The gospel is universal. Amen? And we're supposed to share that message and reach out to people in love. Why? Because Christ loved us. Remember Jesus, we talked about loving one another. Why do we reach out? Because Jesus did. He went out. The last thing he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. What is the gospel? The good news to set captives free. You may be here today and you're hurting and you're broken. I want to tell you, Jesus is the answer. We do this because it's the greatest news in the world. It brings peace to people. It gives hope to people. In a world where it seems like the wheels are coming off of the wagon, Jesus is the hope of the world. It's great news. Jesus came to earth as a human so we could see what God looked like, the embodiment, if you will. And think of what he did. Think about what his life was, reaching out, reaching out. He died for us on a cross. He died for your sins and for my sins. And because of that, we can have eternal life in heaven. We reach out to people because it's great news, but we also reach out because of gratitude. The Lord never did another thing for me. If he never did another thing for me in my life, I owe him everything. The fact that he forgave me and has given me a home in heaven is pretty overwhelming. Not that I'm any better. Trust me. Trust me. He's been there through so many things in my life, so many trials, and he's blessed me beyond measure. Look at all we have. I was uh, on my Facebook thing the other day. Yeah, I've stepped into the 21st century now. I'm Facebook, man. (laughs) And I saw this picture, and it broke my heart. It was a a feet of a lady, and she had two-liter Pepsi bottles strapped to the bottom of her feet for her shoes. You see... When you get a perspective, you really see how good we have it. Today, we sit here in this room, this comfortable room, air conditioning, padded pews. We're blessed, folks. We should never take that for granted. Do you know there's people in the world right now, today, that are meeting in secret because if they're found meeting in the name of Jesus, they'll be persecuted? The fact that we can come in this place should give us enough gratitude that we want to share it with the whole world. Amen? What else? When God comes into our lives, we start to love others. Yeah, God is love. If you think about it, God is love. And if he's love, how can you have somebody as big as God come into your life and not change you? If God moves in, there has to be a change, don't you think? If God is love... We should love one another. How many times have you shared with folks outside of the church? I've told this story before. And in fact, one of the, one of the people is here today that was walking with me when we used to do door-to-door ministries. Knock on doors back, you know, go up and visit with people. We had these little handouts. And, and you haven't lived until you've been passing out tracks. And you go up and knock on a door and it's a screen door and it's open like this. And the Doberman jumps through the window at you. Tell you what, you'll repent of everything you've ever done, going to do, and think about doing. 
I remember we walked up to this man's house. He was standing in the yard, and I said, Brother, we're from the Baptist church down here, and here, I want to give you one of these. This is when we meet, and I was excited about Jesus, and I said, so why don't you come up and join us? And he said, I ain't going up there with them bunch of hypocrites. At 30 years old, I was a little bit of a smart aleck. Just a little bit. I said, well, come on up. One more won't hurt nothing. And the boy with me said, I don't think that's what we're after here. I don't think that's it. You see, whether we want to admit it or not, we're all in this together. We all have our ups. We all have our downs. It's about loving each other and sharing the love of God and how much that he cares for us, the fact that he loves us. How many times have you talked to people that's had a bad experience You know, interestingly enough, some of us church folks are known more for what we are against than what we're for. That's sad. Maybe that's because we don't talk about what we're for as often as we talk about, I mean, we should talk about what we're for instead of what we're against so much. You with me? You know what I'm talking, I mean, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? It's great news. It's good news. It's like they expect Christians sometimes to walk up and be mean-spirited, judgmental, legalistic, pious, self-righteous. Why is that? Maybe it's because that's what they've encountered. Where did that come from? What happened to what Jesus said? Love each other because he loved us. As one person said, I think it was Rick Warren, I love the way he said this, sharing the good news is just one beggar telling another beggar where to get bread. Yeah, sharing together. I think most people really want to see a difference in our lives as we talk with, with people about Jesus instead of preaching at them. I really do. I believe that people, when they see what's going on in our lives and how we behave with each other, that's really, really what's important. When God truly comes into our lives, we start loving people just like Jesus did. Sadly, today, many people outside of the church haven't experienced that. Instead, they've experienced the other. Another way that we share, and this is really important, I want to I talk about this for a few minutes because I think sometimes as Christians we don't share because we're scared. But you know the, the thing that you share? You share your testimony. What is your testimony? It's your story. Everybody here has a story. Think about it for just a second. Everybody here has got a story. Amen. And you know the cool thing about this? Think about the stories that brothers and sisters in Christ have touched you with that they shared with you. Somebody went through your mind right there thinking about it, didn't it? And they spoke to your life about something that you were going through that they had already gone through. They shared their story, their witness. Jesus said to the disciples, you are my witnesses. What do you do when you witness? Seems like I get called for jury duty about every other year. I don't know what's up with that, but I do. I go in over there, and and we sit down, and they do what the procedure, you know, you get all the questions. And it's interesting when you sit through those kind of things, when you sit through a trial, they have what they call a judge, and they have what they call a witness. And sometimes, I think we can take an example of this, all the time, actually. A witness walks in, and you know what they tell? What they saw. And that's what we do as Christians. 
We tell what we've seen, we tell what we've experienced, and what God has done in our lives. And it's real. And we share the good news. Sometimes, where I was going a while ago, we as Christians want to jump in the judge seat, don't we? It's not our job. What do witnesses do? They tell exactly what they saw. They tell what God has done and is doing in your life. Listen, what the disciples and the early converts talked about. What did they talk about? What did they share? What stories have you read? Think about those stories that you've read in the New Testament. What stories did they share? You know what they shared? They shared their experiences, man. They talked about what God had done in their life. He changed their lives. The story in John 4, the woman at the well, think about her. Here's a lady. She's up there getting water. Here comes this man. He sits down at the well. Now, he crosses all the barriers culturally. You know, he wasn't supposed to be talking to her. She wasn't supposed to be talking to him. They were from two different walks of life, if you will. He broke that barrier. And then he began to talk to her about her life, her personal life. He started telling her about what had happened in her life. And it got her attention. And then she had an experience with him, a spiritual awakening, if you will. And she went back to the town, and you know what she did? She told everybody she came in contact with what had happened. She witnessed what she had witnessed. She shared her witness of what Jesus had done in her life. And you know what happened in that town? There was a revival. People believed. Oh, man, how cool is that? When was the last time you shared your testimony? Oh, there he goes. He's cutting into it now a little bit. But I mean, seriously, we should be sharing like they did in the New Testament. How about the story in John chapter 9? We got this blind guy that's been sitting by this road here, this pool, forever. They knew he was blind from birth. Jesus comes by. This one's hard for me to tell. He spits in the dirt, mixes it up. <laughs> Puts it on his eyes. Tells him to go wash it off. He can see. Now, they can't deny this. The people walking around there can't deny this. They knew this guy. They've known him his whole life. It got everybody in an uproar. You know why? Because the gospel message was going forward. They were preaching, and it was causing a problem over here with some of these religious folks. And they were like, we need to calm this down. We need to stop this. Go get his parents. Is that your kid? You know, he's, you know well, I don't, you need to ask him. I don't think he dances around like this. And this guy, he's blind. He can see. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? And they finally go to him, and they said, hey, did Jesus do this? And here's what he said. I love this passage of Scripture. Here's what he says. He says, you know what? I don't know, but here's what I know. I once was blind, but now I see. Whoo, you can't deny the works of Jesus in your life. Amen? They couldn't deny the power of Jesus the Christ. And it had an impact. He didn't have some theological discourse, this blind man. He had a witness about what had happened in his life. And you do too. And so do I. Another one, one more. Book of Acts, chapter 4. I, you know, you guys haven't picked up on this as your new pastor. I love the book of Acts. I love that book. It's so cool. So we got Peter and John, and they're preaching the gospel, right? The gospel's going out. It's the early stages of the church. They're preaching the gospel, and they come to them, and they said, look, you need to stop. 
Now, if they come to you and said, stop preaching the gospel, stop sharing your testimony, what would you do? Don't answer it. Just think about it. I mean, put yourself in their shoes. And, they, and so, yeah, I mean, the world's getting flipped upside down because of what they're doing. And I love it. I love it. I love what he says. Verse 19. You got that up there? Yeah. Peter and John answered, decide for yourselves whether God wants people to listen to you rather than him. But here it is. Listen to this. We cannot stop talking about what we've seen and what we've heard. When you have an experience with God, and you know this, and you see God work in your life, you can't help but talk about it, can you? When you see the power of God working, it's as real as that pew sitting there. Share your testimony. Are we perfect Christians? Are we perfect? No. We're forgiven. Do we make mistakes? There's about every other day or, you know, uh, I do something up here at the church that I'm not supposed to do in terms of mistake, but y'all work with me real good. I appreciate that. We all make mistakes, don't we? It's part of who we are. That's why we need a Savior. Another way that we share and we, is to uh, nurture friendships. You see this in the New Testament as well. This is something that takes a little more effort. Nurturing a friendship, especially uh, close friends. Everybody is looking for a friend. I believe that. I think it's a, a, a horrible thing in this world to be alone. And I think people are looking for a friend, not an acquaintance. I'm talking about somebody that engages in your life. I love to cruise around out there between the services. Because you see a healthy church out there. You see people sitting at tables... And you can see that they love each other, that they're friends. You go down in the basement, you cruise down through there, and you see people who have lived life with each other. They're not just acquaintances. They're people that are plugged into each other, that are prayed for each other, that's prayed for their kids. Everybody needs friends. And we're to nurture those friendships, realizing that none of us are perfect. The statement is right that for some of you, or for some people, the only Bible that people will ever read is our lives. I believe that. Don't you? And I think that's getting more pro- uh, apparent as times change. You know, you used to could walk up to somebody and say something about the Scripture, and they kind of had a concept of what you're talking about. Now, this ain't going to go over real well, but we have a generation of people that don't that disengaged in a lot of that. So as Christian people, the way we walk, the way we talk, the way we act, the way we witness is maybe the only thing they see about Jesus. You represent Jesus to them. If you have a friend, build a friendship and show love. Let's be clear. We're not supposed to be like the world. But we are in the world. Make no mistake about that. We are in the world. But we're not supposed to be like the world. We're supposed to be transformed of our minds. You know, we build a relationship with someone, and we invite them to church. You know, I read, I read a statistic the other day. I love to read these statistics. I, I find them fascinating, some of them. They took a Gallup poll. It said 34 million Americans said, I'd go to church if somebody would ask me. Really? That's pretty staggering, isn't it? 34 million Americans said they would go to church if somebody asked. Think about that the next time you pause 
as to whether or not you want to ask somebody to go to church. We need to nurture our friendships, build our friendships together, because it's what Jesus did. He encouraged each other. You know, when we pray, we should pray believing that God will do what he said. He said he would bless us. There was a gentleman in the 19th century. He was a pastor, and his name was Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon was the pastor of the largest church in London, England. Many people came to Jesus through Charles' ministry. There was a young pastor that went up to him one day, and he said, Mr. Spurgeon, I don't understand it. Whenever you talk to people about the Lord, they always tend to open their lives up. And they tend to accept Jesus. But when I talk to them, when I talk to them about the Lord, it seems like nobody's interested. And nobody accepts Christ. What's wrong? Charles Spurgeon looked at him and he said, Young man, you don't expect people to come to Jesus every time you ask him about, it, about him, do you? He said, of course not. Spurgeon said, that's your problem. When we ask people and share people, share the message of the cross with the people, what are our expectations? It's not that we're making the sale. It's not a sale. It's not that we're making the bid. It's that we're sharing the gospel, and the gospel will, will stand on its own. And we believe that God will bless that. Amen? This kingdom work doesn't happen because of who we are. This kingdom work happens in spite of who we are. It happens in spite of who we are. So many times we have opportunities to share our testimonies. I think we're leery of it sometimes because of the experiences that we've had, because of the things that we've seen happen. But the truth of the the matter is that in the New Testament, we are instructed to spread the gospel, to preach the word, to share Jesus. Think of what it's done in your life. Think of how it's changed your life. People are looking for that. People are searching for that gospel message. Oh, you don't have to start off like that. Build a relationship with somebody. Find something that you have in common, something that you can share together. Pray for God to lead you to them. Pray for God to lead you to a place. Find that common ground. You might wind up in a body shop with a piano playing Jerry Lee Lewis music. Changed my life, too. That experience changed my life. You know what it did? It made me aware of how God can use you in spite of yourself. I didn't think I could do anything like that as far as, and again, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I didn't do anything other than just talk to this gentleman. I didn't think I could, I, I didn't think, how could he use me? He will use us if we'll make ourselves available. Pray, find a common ground, and then reach out to people in love. People know when it's real. That's one thing about this world we're in today. People know when it's real. They know when you really care, and they know when it's not for real. Tell your story. A couple of weeks ago, I I shared a message, and, and I got kind of personal. And I got out to the door, and there's a young man caught me at the door, and he said, I need to talk to you. I said, what is it? He said, you're telling my story. I need to talk to you. 
I was reluctant to share that story because it was a time in my life that I was kind of, you know, well, eh, you know, maybe people don't really need to know about this. But you know what? As pastors, as preachers, we need to be transparent as well. People need to know that we're all people and that God loves all of us. And if it helps somebody else through a time, I'm in because we need to love each other. We need to tell our stories and we need to nurture our friendships. Got somebody that you're out of whack with? A friend maybe that you're out of whack with that you need to straighten it out? The Bible tells us how to handle that. And if we're both parties Christian, we should be able to work through it. The Bible talks about that. There is a way to handle that. So I encourage you to do that today to nurture your friendships. Reach out to others. That's how we reach the world. That's how the gospel started. Think about this. Twelve people. Twelve people started this whole thing preaching the gospel. And it turned the world upside down. And you know why? Because they had the power of God behind them and they shared their stories. This church, God is blessing our church. I'm telling you, I'm here to give you a report. The Lord is blessing our church. We've had over 35 people step up to get involved in life groups. We've had four baptisms today. I forget how many have joined the church. God's working in this place. You know why? Because you're sharing. You're sharing your testimonies, and we're keeping our eyes on the Lord. That's what we've got to keep doing. Amen? Maybe you're here today and you're broken, you're hurting. You're in the right place. There's a room full of people that have experienced similar things. We've all got a story. And the Lord wants to help you today. He wants for you to have peace in your life. So we're going to sing at this point. I'm going to ask the band to come forward. I'm going to ask you to stand up and pray with me as we go into this part of our service. Father, we thank you that you love us, Lord. And we thank you for this passage of Scripture in Philippians where we saw that this gospel was shared. Thank you that we get to be a link in the chain just like they were, God. I pray right now as we go into this time that your Holy Spirit would be in this place. Speak to our hearts, Lord. We love you. We thank you for what you've done for us. We thank you for Calvary. Died on a cross that we could have life, Lord. We're also grateful, Lord, that when we come to a time like this that we don't have to wait to change. We can come just as we are. And you stand with your arms ready. Just like the prodigal son, you stand ready, Lord, not to keep score, but to kill the fatted calf, to celebrate the homecoming, Lord. So as we enter this time together, we pray, God, your blessings upon it.